0: Wait, so people prefer and like AI generated images over the real art, but same group of people also say that
1: it's gonna be they bad. don't
0: it's going to be bad.
1: Yeah H-T-T-A. H-T-T-A.
0: H-T-T-A. 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 It's how to talk to AI with your hosts, go to go and West the Synthmine.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, dogs, cats, robots, and everybody in between, especially you, indistinguishable AI-generated mid-journey models, welcome to HTTta. I am your host, West the Synthmine, Synpine West, and I am joined by the Graceful, the Grandiose, the Garden of Genius herself, the gregarious and glowing. Filled with glittering secrets about everything AI, the glorious go-ta-go. G, how are you this week?
0: Hi, I'm so glorious that I need to tell you, I've been catfished. and You've been catfished?
1: Thanks to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's get into that right away, because that's quite a ship from the mercurial intros that I tried to purvey here. I had GoTo, I found this site. What's the name of the site again? It's...
0: It's Kite
1: catfished.com cat, cat, catfished.com we'll put the link in the show notes and the youtube description so what it is is it's a 17 question test all right all you have to do is say is the person a real person or an ai generated person and you're going to go through it and see how you do so go to. i'm curious to see how you scored out of the 17 pictures i scored
0: 14.
1: that's pretty good that's pretty good. I took it as well and got a 15 of 17. Now, we probably have an unfair disadvantage given that we're constantly playing with these tools and using them. So what were some of the things to you that stood out when evaluating these 17 different images as if the person was real or fake?
0: I never looked so analytically into a woman's body. I'm like, is
1: this armpit correct? <laughs> that's a nice looking armpit on that one person.
0: This is going to be interesting in Art Academy. used to draw people. So I actually can draw people hyper-realistically. And this yeah. is actually was my first gig in high school, earning money and going to music festivals, because I would offer to draw pencil, hyper-realistic portraits. Oh, that's awesome. Anatomical things of a face. I should know good. But if this is completely... Failure on my side, when you know, that says a lot of how good these models have become.
1: Yeah. Thing uh, that I notice because it's not so much in the faces. We can tell if the face is a little off in certain ways. The size of the eyeballs sometimes, Mid Journey has an issue with. Like it'll make one eyeball bigger than the other and not the whole eye socket, but just the scope and scale of the eyeball itself. We have this, you know, it's called Uncanny Valley where it's basically like we naturally look at faces all the time. So our minds are used to seeing those things. But then I find that when you're taking a test like this to try to detect them, we can kind of overfit sometimes to think like too many things are real or AI.
0: This is how I from now on will judge. If eyebrows are not symmetrical, that's a real human being. You need to have
1: imperfections. Exactly. But... Mid journey gets this wrong too. So anything to do with pairs of stuff, it can mess up. So, one thing to check if you're looking at pictures of women is their earrings.
0: Mm-hmm. If they're
1: wearing earrings, sometimes if they're wearing different ones, which would probably happen, it's AI generated.
0: For me, it was chin, not double, chin. like it's very like man's chin. Yeah, the, little, fish. the little, like just the shadow. Yeah, exactly. And one more aspect for me was how the background light hits hair. It just seems as you would, in Photoshop, select a person and paste it in a different background. If you think, like, from the color theory, like, each light bounces differently from different surfaces. So if you take a person with black hair, but the background was white, and now you place the same person on the black background, it's going to feel something is wrong because how the white light bounced on the dark hair. So, but now with AI, right? AI, you can just say change background. Yeah. And, but those maybe these micro details, which we as humans recognize from nature, how light bounces from objects. This is something, at least for me, I always look at is there a light bouncing on the object, what
1: it should be. And they figured this out in video games because you have stuff in the past few years like ray tracing where they're actually able to, with mathematical equations, map out how light is going to bounce off and reflect and refract on certain objects in a space. But yeah, I don't know if that happens in mid-journey or anything like that.
0: The only fact is from this point on, it's going to be just getting better and better. So,
1: And I think the survey that we'll also put a link to in the show notes. They surveyed, I'm trying to find the exact number here, but a bunch of people, again, they showed them these quads of four people that looked similar. You know, it was done right in your backyard there. Yeah, it was done in Germany. So aside from the test for the images, they also did a survey after just on their perceptions of AI, if they'd heard about things, what their feeling was. So again, they were over a thousand test subjects were shown, multiple images and quads. So there was four images at once. Everybody looked kind of similar. And they had to identify the one real image in there, the one real person.
0: The moment you said Germany, I'm kind of not surprised that a lot of people fell for it. You think so? It's crazy. Just met on a weekend some of my friends and they never heard of it. They are like, Your YouTube videos were the first touch point. We were like, What? Like, what is, what is this? Like, what is I can going actually on? use this. Yeah, if you go on a street, I can almost promise to you that 99% of people never heard of
1: it. That's interesting.
0: But it's again, Germany, and then you have to look in the population, the average age and all these things, and also the relationship with technology mm-hmm. and personal data, plus the history playing a role in that. So I'm just kind of wonder what's going to happen when actually you wakes up and Germany wakes up to all of this.
1: Well, let me give you some stats from this digital insight survey, because I think some of them are kind of intriguing and maybe kind of align with what you'd expect. And you can offer some probably a little better insight, obviously, because this survey is done, you know, on your doorstep here. So the main thing that kind of brought up these uh, AI images, if they're distinguishable or indistinguishable from one another, only about 8% of Germans could even accurately identify when presented four images which one of those was real. You know, one of the interesting ones was 94% of surveyed participants agreed. So that kind of tracks with that 8% that it's really difficult to tell. And about 57% of people, so almost two thirds, actually preferred AI generated images, artwork, you know, everything in that space to ones that had been done by humans. So it's interesting because the contrary point to that that came out is only about one third think that it's going to be a good thing for the creative process for creativity with another 18% saying it's going to be just detrimental you know
0: wait so people prefer and like ai generated images over the real art but same group of people also say that
1: it's going to be they bad. don't
0: it's going to be bad yeah. But what we know that it's the truth, like the reality is in what we as human, what we like and prefer, and we just lean to that.
1: Or I think so- it's just, we don't want to admit that, hey, you know, there's no one that created this thing. I can relate to another person. I can't relate to a machine that did this in the same way with a bunch of math problems. So even though I like the advertisement of the model or the shoe or the painting that the AI preferred more, I don't think that's good for anybody who's going to actually be a model or or a painter or something like that.
0: It's so funny how history repeats itself. If you look when cameras were invented and what people said, that first thing, like, of course, photography, now you can capture people how they are in reality, in the moment. But there was so much fear that, oh, now anybody can take picture of you and catch you secretly. But then there was a whole other aspect but to have your portrait taken you had to hire an artist who would paint you realistically however that realistically never really happened because as i shared with you from my experience when people asked me to draw hyper realistically their girlfriends or family members i would always get like oh could you make her eyelashes longer or could you do this or that can you make your her- Yeah, make it a little bit better version that the person who receives it would like it. So the same with kings and queens and all these lords, But when we hired an artist to make a painting of them, they wanted something that they, how they would like to be portrayed. And suddenly cameras came who do reality. And suddenly there was instances where people are like, oh, so this lord is actually fat and with a beard. But all what we saw that he's on a horse riding in the armor, right? And it's kind of just gives me the same sentiment that this split between, oh, we actually prefer this as example, realistic image. And now we actually can see the truth. Yeah. But it's bad.
1: Yeah. That's definitely a divergence because we already can't tell. So you can't tell why does it matter? But then once you know your opinion somehow is changed. To me, that's not an objective way to assess something. You can't objectively assess art anyway. It's a subjective thing. But to just have your opinion switch because it was made by a machine versus a person, I think is, you know, not a barometer that art or creativity should necessarily be judged by.
0: In academia, I learned very, very early one big lesson. The saying goes like that how good is your art is equal to how many eyeballs have seen it. So if you think about it, it basically says that it's equals to the eyeballs because if your art has been seen by 10 million people, there is going to be a fraction of people who don't like it completely, but just a fraction of people who like it is bigger than your art been seen by a thousand people. So I think it's the same with AI art that if you show And this is why those AIRs win competitions, right? Yeah. It's at the end of the day, how many of those people who actually like it. And that's the truth. That's what determines how good is the art.
1: Yeah. The results of the study are pretty interesting. And they made it very kind of just about not only the image detection, but also just like general AI awareness. Only about half of people in the study, the thousand people they certified, had even heard of these generative tools that they realized they could do stuff for business or art or music and still only about half were interested in learning more about them so i have friends that have said to them it feels kind of like when crypto and bitcoin came out you know it feels the same and i'm like yeah but the barrier to entry to that was so much higher because if you wanted to trade crypto or buy crypto especially in the early days you had to get a computer you had to load special software on that you had to get a wallet to put your keys in offline or store all these fancy things that no one had any frame of reference for, you know, to be trading it. You weren't able to trade it normally in the U.S. for the longest time. So I thought that that comparison was a little different. But then again, I wasn't all in on crypto either. Like I, I am some of these AI tools.
0: The kind of sentiment I'm sensing, at least here in Europe, that people get a little bit tired of how media shapes all of this. And I also point fingers to the content creators. That there is this whole hype and we go from crypto to NFTs to metaverse. Now the whole thing is AI. And it feels like these hypes are half a year to a year cycle. And then everyone kind of forgets or it crashes or people lose a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm kind of not surprised that the moment AI comes into the attention cycle, people go like, oh, okay, let me wait and see is this a real thing. The problem is, or maybe not a problem, that AI is a technology. And if you actually look in the history, that's been worked on and thought about and applied in the use cases every day. That technology is solid and real and it's happening right now. But of course, this gap between something developed to mass awareness, to alignment, to policymaking is insane, huge. And it's kind of this like exponential growth of AI. So the moment, let's say, I don't want to say majority, but at least what you said, like, okay, half, half of population of, let's say, Germany knows about ChatGPT or that it exists, we are going to be on GPT-5 or 6. yeah, And maybe. you know, this kind of like a lag effect that you really don't understand what's happening what's going on like even for us what it feels being in the middle of it it happens so fast for me it's scary how this sentiment can influence attitude towards it because i just heard again on a weekend friend's ad that their companies blocked ChatGPT, just mm-hmm. plain blank
1: i do want to share before we uh get on because i know we talk about how do you do detecting ai or fake or real images I do want to tell this one story about how AutoGPT actually really helped me out, and this was kind of Go surprising. Ahead. Okay, so as you know, we're week four in this podcast. G and I are are noobs, self proclaimed and champions of our noob noobdom in the world of podcasting. But there's a seedy underbelly that I have now found, but was saved from by AutoGPT. So. I've been doing some podcasts myself, met some great people during the course of doing their podcasts about, you know, I did one, it's called the Coder Kids Podcast. We had a great discussion about how parents, I'm a parent myself, you know, should use these tools and approach them with their kids, how these might change education. I had done a couple other podcasts as well, but I did one last Friday. It was my first like five minute interview, right? That was for a live, supposedly Streaming podcast radio station. I will not name it for purposes of this uh, story, but this is also just a sample of some of the things I've found. So there's a lot of podcasts out there that are set up as commodities in and of themselves where it's like, Hey, yeah, you can be a guest. Anybody can come be a guest on my podcast. You just got to pay me, you know, a certain amount of money to come be the guest because I've got the audience and they have a whole cycle set up like this where they're just getting people, just, you know, all these different funnels with advertisements playing off people's emotions like vanity and be like, we absolutely want you on this thing. Come on down. I didn't think this was the case here because the ones that I had run into before that I was like, oh, you know, let me cold call them, see, I think I'd be a good fit. The ones I'd run into before would lead with that, would say, hey, yep, you can come on. You just pay this fee. I'm like, all right, that's that's not for me. It's a little scammy or whatever. So this week I did the five minute interview. It was fine, I thought. And, you know, they post it on their site. Their site has, from the outside, 113 five-star reviews, five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you Google it, it's in the top 3% of podcasts. So it's like, oh, this is a great opportunity. So I get a call today. I did, did the interview last Friday. Forgot about it, right? All right, it was fine. I went and listened to it. It's, I can listening to myself, you know. <laughs> I'm sure you're the same yeah. way. But he's like, I can't 100%. do it. 100%. I sound so stupid, even though, Everyone's like, you sound so great on these podcasts. Yeah. So I'm like, can't listen to it. Totally forgotten about it. It exists in the greater internet, but whatever. So I just called today and they're like, hey, is this is Wes? This is the, one of the partners and uh, co-executive producers of the entire podcast network that you're on and this show, you know, was that your first podcast that you've ever been on? I'm like, um, actually no, I have a podcast myself, <laughs> but they're like, well, for a five minute interview. You know, we have all these polling and demographics and you tested a 9.3. You were a 9.3. We don't get that for five minute interviews. And I'm just all like, oh, well, of course you don't because I I am the master of AI. <laughs> no, you've got me Radio
0: voice DJ. <laughs> Radio voice
1: DJ, talking about AI. So this person now has got my, he got, got her, both her hooks in, right? And she starts going through her script, right? So hey you know, here's what I'd like to do. We don't have anybody on our channel that is an AI expert, right? We want to book you again. We want to give you next 10 weeks of half hour segments, you know, in a certain time, you're going to get interviewed by one of our celebrity hosts. They send me this site and one of their celebrity hosts has got 14 Emmy awards and is like a newscaster in New York. And I'm like, that's pretty legit, I guess. Right? So they're like, this person's going to interview you for the next 10 weeks. You have creative control over the show. And I'm like, I don't think I was that good on the podcast, like, you know, and going through. And then they're like, we're going to do video interviews too. There's going to be sponsorship deals associated with this. And I'm like, is any of this real life? Like, what is happening right now? I've done three, now four podcast episodes with you and been a guest on three others. You know, I thought we're, all, we're, we're aiming to be there. I'm in the top 1% of podcasters yet, you know? <laughs> about anything.
0: Well, I don't know. Okay. I'm looking what is the catch here. Okay. Because so it sounds too good to be true. Exactly. Just so I, I would, for me, it would be red alerts because I've been invited to so many podcasts, I don't go. But because it's red alert all around and I'm very cautious, but I'm
1: listening. At least in those instances, they're inviting you. I reached out, did a little survey because it was just like, okay, you know, yeah, come on, five minute segment. That's great. And then did it, forgot about it. But anyway, so I'm apparently going to get 12 different video calls that they're going to post, and their show airs on channel 117 on Comcast in your area. And I'm like, Beyond TV? Like, what? What? <laughs> and they're like, We guarantee you'll have at least 25 leads. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to get you a billboard in Times Square, New York. And I'm like, What is going on right now? Like, as is this real? I'm like, Am I now is the this face? this cam? Yes. and Let me tell you why. <laughs> I- so then they go, it's only going to cost $5,000 to set all this up. This is normally a package that would be 25 oh grand. We sell, but we're so interested in you. And I'm like, all right, it's not, it's not how I imagine this would work. But for 20 minutes, I am just, just spoon feeding me. I'm like, yes, I'm now the champion of AI and prompt engineering news for the world to see, you know, like just playing on all those emotions, vanity, pride, and you know, just all, all pumped up. She says Times Square billboard, and you go on their site, they got pictures of everybody there with their face back on a billboard in Times Square. And I'm just like, everything about this looks legit.
0: Everything is such a scheme.
1: Yeah. So anyway, so they say it's only going to cost this $5,000 investment. So at this point, I'm a little put off by that, but I had seen that in some of these other podcasts. However, my sense of their legitimacy at this point was like, hey, maybe that's not a bad idea. Like, I want to get Times Square billboard. It's $150 for 30 seconds on Times Square billboard. It's like 12 grand a day or something like that. You know, I'm like if I'm going to pay $5,000, I'm going to be in Times Square. I'm going to go point myself and be like, yes, right. That's me. I'm famous, you know, or whatever. That's just one of those like Typical American like measures of success, something in Times Square. You are the center of the most Americana place, like in New York. So when they say it's only going to cost $5,000, throws up a little red flag. But being the hustler and businessman that I am, I'm like, so hey, uh, why don't we, instead of exchanging any pecuniary stuff, you know, what making any kind of deal like this, why don't we talk about what I can offer you guys if you have this social media and podcast and Everything kind of network. Surely there's a ton of AI tools that we could deploy or develop for y'all that would be beneficial. And I mean, what business owner at that point isn't at least a little interested on saying, "Oh, I can have someone do all the social media content for three different shows across multiple different platforms, like all at once, with some? I don't need to pay these four other people that I have doing it. You know, I can go down. Business doesn't want to have less overhead, so I'm." Doing my pitch saying, hey, well, how about this? Let's do figure out a contract, do a little quid pro quo. I'll help you get some of these tools set up and established, then you can leverage them. You put me in a Times Square billboard, you know? So it eventually they kind of brushed that off a little too quickly, in my opinion, and was ready. We're like, all right, so I'm just gonna we're gonna get you booked, I'm gonna transfer you over to this person. They're gonna take your credit card information. I'm like, that's not how any of this stuff works. That's not how any of this stuff normally works. So I said, "Hey, this is very flattering. I got to talk to people. I got to think about this just because I'm like, this is not smelling right. So rather than look at this myself, I'm like, let me try to form an unbiased opinion. So I get on God mode, auto GPT, and I act as a podcast producer saying, hey, you're a podcast producer. You've just been offered this deal by this company with this podcast, right? Can you scour the internet? Tell me if it's legit. Hey, Scour the internet, look at different reviews and comments on those reviews. If you see things like best thing ever, life changing, words like that, label those as positive. If you see things like rip off scam, label those as negative. So it goes and does that because on the surface, everything kind of smells right. And they've done a careful job at shaping that whole world. I get the auto GPT results and naturally treated to literally the exact same story that happened to me. They called me three days after the interview. Ted, I had a 9.3 rating and I'm like, oh, script, totally. But thankfully I had enough sense that I was able to at least let go, let me take a step back and reconsider and then use those AI tools. It also then scoured their Apple podcast reviews. A bunch of them were fake because they all had date stamps at the same time. So it's like, okay, so you paid a click farm to give you a bunch of Mm five-star podcasts. Plus what podcast is going to have? 113 five-star reviews and then seven one-star reviews only that are just like, beware, scam, you know, all this kind of stuff. That was an example for me on how I had AutoGPT kind of bring me down to earth a little bit to kind of ground me after that. But I was almost like, I should forward these people to like one of those like ethical hacking, like, you know, scammer, time-wasting channels that you see on YouTube. Because I'm like, this is so predatory, you know?
0: was. I can't promise you a billboard in New York, maybe in Berlin, but I think if we focus on actually this podcast and telling the stories, all these good things will happen. But I can tell you, I have flashbacks, first of all, from US because I was almost caught in very similar thing just way back when I was 23 and a female founder of a startup in Denmark. And I got contacted by U.S. agency that, oh my God, we will tell your story. We will bring you on the shows. We will fly to Copenhagen to interview your team. And this is so amazing. So basically, and then the moment a guy was saying, oh, and your hands are so nice to hold product. I was like, what? That's a little weird. (laughs) Right, it's weird. And then they're like, and that Tai Lopez is in our network and he's holding this event. I was like, okay, that's it, done. Yeah. And for me, it's like, but we went through kind of three calls, really. And I was like, thank God. Now looking back, I was like, oh my God, thank God. Not so stupid 23-year-old and didn't get clicked on that, but so many people get. My email box now from YouTube first wave was like so many scams. I don't click any links. I don't know. But I can imagine how many people do. And I can think of many users also of these auto GPT tools where you automate emails and you send emails with yeah, certain links. It's going to
1: be that. Right. How about that catfish story?
0: You know, this is so crazy.
1: I was in so deep, Goda. I was just like in shock, just like, I'm going to, I made it for everybody. And thankfully my wife is just such a grounding force for all this stuff. Yeah. You know, brings me back down to earth. She's like, I'm seeing a couple of scammy reviews here. I'm like, oh, but there's all these other things. So I went, did the auto GPT thing and thankfully it gave me some more insight. That's
0: very interesting story with auto, this God mode thing, which was also like I, out of all of them, I liked that one the most, but actually you can use to also scout internet very fast to identify certain scammy things. Which is, like, fantastic.
1: And I just, I wanted something devoid of my own feelings about that at that point, you know? So even even if I saw negative reviews, I didn't want to be like, oh, but, you know, rationalizing myself out of it. But maybe not. I could have a different experience, you know? I'm special.
0: I can tell you, like, this is, you know, well, it's, just don't take it as braggy, okay? No. I- but a developing, like, an eye for things and number one thing. If it sounds too good to be true, it is. And I literally, in my business email, I have self-promo, scams, fake products, like all these things go down and it's a lot. And what I get pissed that I still have to go through all the emails coming to you with all the promotion and like, all we have is token, NFT, like just everything. And as I said, I'd never click on links. Mm-hmm. If you send me and you're like, oh, this is our plugin, click here. I'm not going to, nothing. Or like video editors. So this is like, again, video editors sending Dropbox files, Dropbox things. And I know this is like number one thing. You click on a Dropbox, immediately downloads a thing. And then it, that's it. One other thing on this fakeness and auto gpt what is kind of fascinating to me is like agents that it creates mm-hmm. multiple different agents and what if these multiple agents can you know continue living i'm talking like continuous mode for example can auto gpt one of the agents have instagram account and instagram personality plus create fake images like the ones on catfish but then let's take one step forward. I also back in the days, like a year ago, made a video about will architects or AI create content in metaverse. And I had this an idea that actually you will have this like companions, which are going to be AI driven. So now imagine this like AI agents having a real 3D body face that you can actually talk with them. What if you are like just talking and there is like screens and these faces who actually interact with you and you see them working? So it's more like we as people become like these managers with maybe five, 10 assistants in the future. And we are overviewing and kind of helping them navigate and providing feedback, just basically become like parents to
1: these little agents. Yeah, it's baby AGI. We've got to be parents.
0: Right. So, Yeah, the future. No one knows what type of future we are looking into. So going forward, Wes, do you think now that you will fall for scams like the one you fell for or the images and will we see you on this podcast on upcoming episodes or you're transitioning to some big, big podcasting studio?
1: Now I'm right here with you, faithful listeners. Yay. And gee, there's no way I could ever, ever leave you behind. You're not leaving me. But I am definitely, I'm constantly amazed every day. So if something hits the right emotional heartstrings, then yeah, I may, you know, they probably play me like a fiddle again. But ultimately, I'm still here with you all. So with that... I am West the Synth Mind for Go to Go. We're going to close out this week with a happy prompting everybody.
0: Happy prompting everybody
1: Thanks for listening to How to Talk to AI with your hosts, GoToGo Go and West the Synth Mind. As always, you can check out the show notes and links at howtotalkto.ai. That's all for this week's episode. Happy prompting everyone.